0: Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. In this episode, Chris talks with Chandler Bolt, founder of Self Publishing School, who shares how he has utilized books to generate leads, revenue, and referrals for his business over the years. This episode is sponsored by Bear Pro and PPG.
1: Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors, and the goal of our podcast is to help educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners and help you grow your business. In today's episode, I've got Chandler Bolt with us. Chandler's a good friend of mine. He's the founder of Self-Publishing School, and we're gonna talk through a little bit about how he's used books in his journey of being an entrepreneur and a business owner. Chandler, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Chris,
2: great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I Appreciate it. where are you coming to us at from? Uh, Austin, Texas. So I'm a recent Austin Austin resident, along with everyone else.
1: <laughs> that, that's awesome. It's a, it's the spot to be. I, it's the spot to be for sure. I uh, I'm going to try my best to not go off on like a Clemson tangent and talk about Dabo and the football program. We could we could do a whole podcast in that, but we'll try to keep it beneficial for all the <laughs> listeners. So, hey man, I'll, um, I'll, I'll
2: talk about that stuff all day.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, Well, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, so um, I run a company called Self Publishing School. Um, We're an online education company. We help uh, people write and publish books that grow their businesses. Uh, And so I look kind kind of, you know, strategically for this audience, I look at how do I use a book to get more leads, more sales and more referrals for my business. And so that's kind of what we specialize in. And then my background, I'm a a C-level English student and a college dropout with ADHD. (laughs) Uh, So kind of the last person you would ever think to write and publish a book. Um, But I've just seen the power of books and the the power of books to change lives, both as a reader um, and as an author. And so yeah. I, I, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And obviously we have a connection through student painters. And so I've seen a yeah. lot of just a lot of these core principles that we teach and successfully um, publishing a book are things that I learned in student painters and running a painting company and then yeah. stuff growing my business, my online education company. Now there's a lot of crossover and then using books. Yeah. To, I mean, a lot of the stuff that they started teaching and um, student painters like curriculum was yeah. stuff that I pioneered of like uh, the um getting on local tv and local newspaper and proclamations from the mayors and like all that stuff and then now we incorporate that with our book stuff where it's like okay how to use a book to get local press which they'll promote your business where they wouldn't otherwise promote it right because it's your book the focus is your book but they will promote you so just a bunch of little things like that but i guess that's less so more about me and more about um, how, how I can help yeah. people that are listening.
1: <laughs> no, you're, you're good. You're good. I uh, no. I think that that kind of ties home the the principle of what we're going to talk about in this episode, right? Is, is how to use books. Cause you know, I, I always hear this, the thing, right? Like I want to write a book someday and it's on my list too. You and I've had this conversation and, and, when baby comes and new house comes and things settle down a little bit, it's going to be a little more top of mind, but yeah. um, you know, it, it's definitely one of those things that a lot of people are like I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. Like, where do I start? Right. And so I know you guys kind of have a, a formula with that. Um, you know, we were talking off air right before we started recording this, that, you know, about just the student painter days. Right. And, and how that's launched, you know, your, your career and what you're doing, what I'm doing now and, and countless others. And, you know, whether it's been student painters, college pro college works, all the different industries, just the entrepreneurs that that's built out in the world um so what do you feel like really attributed um, to your success your first year of student painters because I know you're a humble guy and you're not going to say anything about this but like you broke all the rookie records at the time whenever you were an intern with us um, and so what do you feel like really attributed to that success you had that first year
2: mm. oh man uh my uh my boss uh or mentor and uh, yeah whatever you want to call it in uh student painters, he also he used to always say, listen and do it. <laughs> yes, and he's like listen to what I say and what what we teach and then do yeah. it. And I think yeah that was a big part of it. I mean, that's, that's like an oversimplified uh, uh answer, but it was really, I mean, uh, just a dogged work ethic and determination and discipline and yeah. just just continually charging for day in, day out. And I remember yeah. there's a bunch of little things. Like I remember coming in, it's just so funny. Looking back on this, it's kind of cringeworthy, <laughs> but I, I look back on pictures and like at the opening training I had on my name tag, I wrote in entrepreneur of the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, man, what a uh, kind of uh, not cool thing to do.
1: <laughs> right,
2: just, but I, my, it worked my out. My mindset was I had belief in myself, but I also kind of strategically wanted to just throw out my goals so publicly that I would be embarrassed if I missed. And so I yeah. remember early on, it was, it was kind of the burn the boats mentality of, all right, I'm going to, I went up and told Steve, the CEO, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going be entrepreneur of the year. And if I, if I don't, when I see you on the cruise, I'll buy you a bottle of wine or whatever, it, it, you know, yeah. assuming I'm going to make the cruise and right. And, and or the rewards trip. Right. And so, so I think it was that, it was having big goals, um, a belief in those goals it was dogged determination, and discipline. I just outworked everyone. I mean, oh, absolutely. I remember showing up at the sales 201 training and I looked around the room and I was so pissed because I was like, there's, there's no possible way anyone in this room has outworked me, but I was last or next to last in sales. Uh, and and that was a big wake-up call for me where I said all right I can't just muscle this I've got to get smarter and I've got to learn faster and so then then it was calling up all the top people and just saying hey what are you doing and learning how to be better at sales and then there's a bunch of things along the way and this is where I used to have managers call me all the time for the few years after that because they're kind of like it's like you want to call the top guy and say hey how'd you do it um but uh The big separator, and maybe there's a lot of things I could go into on this, but the big separator was July and August. And that was my advice to them always is, hey, it's easy um, to perform well uh, the first few weeks out of training. It's hard to perform well in in July and August, dog days of the summer, when you're like, I haven't had a vacation in months. I just, I would love to get, you know, take the week off or just not deal with this crap. And and then but that is when I separated. I was in not in first the whole time. And then right. I, I and then it and then it wasn't really that close um at the end of yeah. all that, but it's because of I mean the separation season, right? Is July and, and, and August. And so I think that's probably the big thing is when other people give up, I keep going. Uh, for better or for worse. (laughs) No, that's
1: great. And obviously it worked out for you. Well, you know, and and it's so funny, right? Because again, I've known you for almost probably a decade now, which is freaking crazy to think about that. Um, But like, you know, you are, you're just confident in yourself, right? Like some people would see you writing entrepreneur of the year on your name tag is like an arrogance thing, right? But for you, it was a belief that you were going to do that. And then it was, you know, following up on it and saying, well, now I have to go do this. Like you knew mm-hmm. what it was going to take and it took speaking it into existence. Right. And so I think there's a big difference between, you know, and even all the years that, that we, I stayed involved with student painters and stuff, you know, you'd see people walk up to, to Steve and hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be the entrepreneur of the year. And I'm just sitting there going like, no, you're not like, you don't even believe in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're just saying words, but you were on the other hand that you actually knew you were willing to work hard. Right, and I think that's a big piece of of being a business owner is that you got to work smart and you got to work hard. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not really one or the other. One, either one will get you so far, but if you want to really achieve everything, you got to put both of those two things together. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, it's it's been cool to see just where where all of us have went over the years and everybody else still coming through and stuff. Um, It's been fun. So share with us a little bit then how you kind of started your entrepreneurial journey after student painters, um, how you started self publishing school Like, kind of give us the backstory on on where that came from.
2: Yeah so it it kind of I mean student painters gave me a lot of confidence, I remember going to college and. Uh, thinking, all right, I'm so excited to finally learn how to run a business. And then I realized I'm not learning how to run. I'm learning how to run a business from professors who have never ran businesses. Um, yeah. And that didn't make too much sense to me. So that's ultimately why I decided to drop out. Um, but student painters was what really gave me the confidence to do that. Um, it's because I said, okay, I can do it and and there was a, I mean there was a i was a roller coaster of of a couple of years um going through that but but i it was i always say it's kind of like navy seals hell week but for yeah. 7 months <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a just, good analogy just just pinned up against the ropes and just kicked the crotch repeatedly Um, but you (laughs) learn so much and so that gave me the confidence to say all right i'm learning more outside of school than i am in school and that's when i dropped out about the time that i dropped out i wrote and published my very first book it was kind of about how to become an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs and or not it, it wasn't really about how to become an entrepreneur it was like productivity hacks and like how to get stuff done. And, and I just remember there was a, I had a bunch of friends who were more entrepreneurs that were asking me like, Hey, how are you doing this? And I wanted to teach it. And it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have this grand plan of like, this is going to be my thing. It was more, Hey, I just want to pull this together. It started out as it would just be a free PDF and I'll just give it to people to be helpful. And then we said, Hey, maybe we can sell this. Um, we put it up on Amazon. It sold. It started making a few thousand dollars a month um, in royalties and, then that kind of sparked this journey of people started asking about it and saying, Hey, how are you doing this? And I'd done a couple books and then that segued into, I said, Hey, maybe we should start teaching this. Uh, and so then, um, started, um, self-publishing school, um, with my boss, uh, student painters at the time. And that ultimately started self-publishing school and then ended up a year and some change later, bought him out and just kept scaling. And so that's kind of, that's uh, awesome. what we've done since then is just helping people. I mean, it all started with me seeing success with the book myself and then other people saying, Hey, can you teach me that? And then, yep. you know, fast forward to today, we've um, published about 6,000 books um, since February. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. <laughs> man That's so cool. Right? I bet.
1: I bet. Well, you know, and one thing that I think is super cool about what you guys are doing with that is, you've been down the path of doing it and you've seen the results. And so now you're able to teach others how to do that. Right. Um, And I think that that's a huge thing. Anytime you're educating people, you're coaching people, you're advising people, whatever it is. um, I agree with you, right? Like I, I learned a handful of things from college. Um, SAUE was a great (laughs) business school. I don't want to knock that by any means, but for being an entrepreneur, it really didn't make a lot of sense. Right. Like, you know, and I'm with you, I learned more with student painters and everything in those days than I really did coming from college. Um, And so, you know, I think you have to have the credibility if you're educating, if you're teaching people. And so the fact that you had the results, of your first books and like what you were seeing with that, like that gave you instant credibility to say, Hey, I can teach you how to do this. Right. Um, And I've read through your book published and, and um, I, I absolutely love it. Like I'm, I'm excited. Like I always used to be like, I want to write a book someday, but I was like terrified to do it. Right. And like, even just reading your book and not even being plugged into your company yet, like, Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I could totally, I can do this. Like Chandler's okay. done it. Like he, he's showing us how to do it. Like I know him and his team. I can, I can make that happen, right? So, um, I think you did a great job in writing that book to help educate nice. people and what you guys are doing.
2: And was that the first edition or the second edition?
1: It was the first edition. So I haven't even oh, got my oh. hands on the second one yet. You
2: got you got this guy, and then now we got I got that guy, guy, and this is I mean yep. this is like not, so you should check out the new one, man. It's I'm gonna get the second one. It's a bajillion times better, <laughs>
1: I think. Uh, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. It's always going to be better the second time around, right? Because think of what you've learned in the years since you wrote it the first time too. So yeah, no, I, like I said, that's that's my goal is get my hands on that one this summer and then start plugging into that over the winter. So um, awesome. what are th- what are three pieces of advice that you would like to give to somebody that's thinking about writing a book, right? Like whether you're doing it for income generation, whether you're doing it for lead generation, credibility, all the things you mentioned that you can use books for. Um, what would you like? What would you tell someone that's thinking about doing that?
2: Mm. Yeah, so a few, a few tips would be, number one, um, begin with the end in mind. Um, okay. I talk about this in, gosh, what is it? Chapter two, I think, of my new book is looking for why. And so there's the why you're doing it for the reader, but then there's the why you're doing it for yourself. And how like does this that. connect with your business? And so kind of that dual purpose of, so starting with that. And that's super important. And and really, how do you how do I connect this to my business to growing my business? Because yep. it and I think for entrepreneurs a lot of time is is if I can see it as a thing that will fuel the thing that I'm already doing, then I'll be more motivated to do it. than it's just if it's just a side project that feels like a distraction from what I really need to be doing. So as right. a business owner, that's number one. Structure the topic that's related to your business and. Make it something that it, maybe it's, it's the broken record conversation you have with every new prospect or, or customer, yes. right? And th- the best way to stop talking about that thing, you're probably tired of talking about it, is to write a book and then point to that book and then say, hey, just, yeah. just read that, right? It might be the objections that you get in the sales process. It might be the onboarding process, like, but you can save your, save yourself time and improve your sales I mean, in a very meaningful way um, by yeah. writing a book, right? The root word of authority yeah. is author. Um, You can't spell the word authority without the word author. And so you become an authority on that topic when you write the book. So number one, strategically structure it to help grow your business. Number two, integrate it into what you do with your business. And so I look at this as how do I use my book to get more leads, sales, and referrals? And I've got a whole chapter on this in the new book. I think it's chapter 24. Um, But I, I kind of break down like, okay, more leads. These are people who hear about me because of my book. So if I've got a house painting business or a construction business or anything, I would, what I would do is I would write a book that's, you know, the 10, 10 things you need to consider when, when, uh, um, when choosing a contractor. Right. Yep. And I would, and then I would give that book to anyone that would take it. Right. And so I would, I would yep. say, Hey, where are places where they give out gift bags or welcome kits right. Like the gym, uh, like uh, neighborhoods, HOAs, in um, any anything where it's like someone is new to town. So like maybe chamber of commerce or whatever yeah. else. And I would I would just blanket those books. I would use that book to get on um, local TV in the newspaper. I mean these are all things I did yeah. like to grow in my painting business. Um, and I I look at this is a kind of a core concept, but how do I go from one to one to one to many? And I remember in, yes. in when, I was, uh, when I was knocking on doors for, to, for the painting business, I was like, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to one door at a time. And what if I could get into every single mailbox in this zip code? Oh, hold up. I can't. It's called a newspaper. So let me yeah. just spend an hour a week reaching out to them. <laughs> and then and I, yeah. this is what I train my guys on, too, is just show up in person. Um, and then yeah. we've, we've done that before and gotten newspaper articles written on the spot. And so just little things like that. And so, but use the book to get more leads, people who hear about you because of the book, more sales. So this is in the sales process so that they remember you, they call you back and they choose to do, you know, your close rate will go up and then more referrals. So every new customer or prospect, give them two copies of your book. Say, here's one for you. And here's one for a friend who needs help with. X, Y, Z. Now you're turning that person into an active refer. You can give them their business card, but a book is better than a business card because they're not going to throw it away. (laughs) Right. Right. And they're going to throw away your business card probably within 24 hours. And so that's number two. And then, and then number three is you got to get started. There's never going to be a perfect time to do it. And so you, you, you've got to get started with it. And there's not going to be a magical time in your business where you've got you know, no job, no business, no kids, no response, but you're going to yeah. have to get started before you're ready. So those probably be the three main things.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm taking that third one to heart after I just told you I was going to put it off for six months. So well played there on that one, sir. Um, so for, for, for those, <laughs> I know, no, no, I needed that. I'm glad that I'm glad I did. I know it wasn't, I just took it that way in a good way. So, um, for those people that might not be like super familiar with like the the self publishing versus like traditional publishing thing, um, and I know you break it down in your books, so I don't want to discourage people from getting their hands on that, but like, kind of just give us a little bit of insight. Like, what is the difference between that? Like, you know, what are kind of some of the benefits and stuff of self publishing yourself versus going the traditional you know publishing method?
2: A lot less red tape and a lot less time, and higher upside for your book. So you know, it used to okay. be that the only way that you sold books was in bookstores. The only way that you get in the bookstore is to have a uh, publisher. The only way to get, you know, to have publishers, as have an agent, like all these things years later and a bunch of rejections and you might not even get published, right? And so self-publishing, you're going to keep more of your royalties. Um, but more important than that, you've got full creative freedom. You can go from zero to book published in a handful of months. Um, I just, just to prove this can be done at the highest level. I just did this um, end of last year. Um, with this book, which was, Mm -hmm. I think I picked up a pen on, it was either August 31st or September 1st. And the book launched, I want to say it was December 14th. Um, So it was right at, I think 105 days is, is what it was. Um, It like from picking up a pen to, I mean, it is published and out in the world. And so, and that was, I mean, that was really, really quick, obviously, but that's an example of what you can do when you're self-publishing. Yeah. And then in the month since then, you know, the book has brought in hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales um, for self-publishing school. And that's we'll awesome. An asset. I call it a silent salesman that goes out and brings in lead sales and referrals for the business.
1: That's awesome. Well, and that's I love the I love the way that you think through that. And again, use it for your business. Right. Like it's it's great that it brings in revenue, but it, there's a lot more things you can do with it. You know, and you even mentioned the thing, 10 things with a contractor. Like you don't have to write a 150 page book about 10 reasons to have a contractor. Right. Like it can be a, it can be a 10 page PDF. Right. Or something. Right. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. So, you know, I just for anybody listening to this, like book doesn't have to equate to very long you know, things for a lot of topics that should do that, right? For a contractor looking to bring in lead sales and referrals, a 10 page PDF might be enough on if you're, you know, the authority on a topic. So, um, so where do you recommend somebody that wants to start writing a book, right? I've got an idea in my head. I want to start working on this and getting it out there. What's the number one thing? Do you, do you put together kind of an outline of all the chapters and the topics and then fill it in from there? Where do you recommend people start out with this?
2: Yeah, so I recommend starting with what I call the more writing method. So really when it comes down to it, going from um, blank page to published, there's eight what we call milestones, right? I don't know if you okay. can see the video version yep. of this, but um, this is uh, page 17 um, and we walk through kind of all the, I walk through the milestones here. And so the first four are the most, in my opinion, the most important if, when you're getting started. And so that's okay. what I call the more writing method, which is M stands for mind map. The O stands for outline, Uh, the R stands for rough draft, the E stands for editing. And so that's the more writing method, but really it it all starts. And what I encourage people to do is as soon as you're done listening to this or watching this, um, take 15 minutes, grab a blank sheet of paper, draw your topic, it could be just a vague book idea or topic in the middle, set a timer for 15 minutes and brainstorm or mind map everything you can think of on that topic. So what are the ideas that you have, the stories that you have, the broken record conversations, the, the sales objections that come up all the time that you're like going to be great. Whatever that thing is, just start brainstorming. And that's where for most people, um, they're gonna, they start to realize, hey, I've got a whole lot more in this noggin of mine than I thought. I can, I can do yep. this. And then you use that mind map to turn it into an outline. You use that outline to write the rough draft and you're kind of off to the races yep. in the process.
1: That's awesome. I love, and again, that's one thing I, I love that you guys have that broken down, like you know, simply, right? Like, hey, just mind map it, and then work on your outline, and you know, a lot of those things. Like you said, I think when when ideas start flowing uninterrupted, put your phone on do not disturb, focus mode, whatever you want to call it. If you're one of those people with an Android, whatever it's called, you know, and, and just <laughs> you know, start writing, right? Start making ideas and, and just brainstorming those things. Um, and I think you'll come up with a lot more things than than most people think they will on the topic. There so. Um, so I know self-publishing school is, is like one of many pieces of your entrepreneurial life, right? I know it's kind of been your baby from, from day one, uh, but how do you how do you juggle and manage everything you have your hands in? Because again, I know this isn't the only focus that, that takes up your time. How do you manage and like, do you got to have some advice for people that are trying to juggle multiple businesses and, and kind of on mm. that same path?
2: Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, what I want to say is don't try to do- juggle, but that's <laughs> really just for me, I think. I, I, yeah. you know as, as someone with ADHD and just can, like a very passionate person, <laughs> an excitable yeah. person, I mean, uh, A, I mean, you got to have really good people, right? So, I mean, I have yeah. an awesome team and really, really good people, really, really good leadership team. And so that is critical. And I'm uh, I'm really investing more time, um, money, and energy into making that better so that I can get yeah. more and more out of the day-to-day operations. Um, and so that that is very important. And then for me, it's, it's extreme focus Um, and and focus stands for follow one course until successful. And so for me, self-publishing school has been the main thing. It's, it's, I always joke it's, you know, I'm in a I'm in a monogamous relationship with self-publishing school and she gets jealous when I start to see other people. <laughs> and, I love it. Uh, and and so that that I mean it has been the single focus 95% plus of my time. I mean, yeah. I've invested in other companies, I've done advising, but I want that to be largely hands-off and it needs to have pretty significant upside um for it to even make sense at that point because as your yeah. business grows, just it, there's a disproportionate payoff to spending more time Growing that thing. Now I'm starting to do some, you know, some real estate investing and some other stuff, but I I really try to keep the main thing, the main thing, and then any other businesses that we have has to be within that shell. So we've went out and done acquisitions and stuff like that, but it's it's more of a roll up to roll up into Self Publishing School, so that then that'll help Self Publishing School grow faster, and we know we have operational efficiencies and that sort of thing. So that's where. Um, and those, I mean, it's, it's, there's people in, in, inside the company that run those or are, are accountable for that and that sort of thing. And so yeah. that's kind of how I do it and try to, uh, it's, it's, I think last thing I'll say here, Chris is, yeah. uh, you know, i love this quote. It's really stuck with me Is more businesses die of indigestion than of starvation. And, and so I think it's important to remember as an entrepreneur is you're not, you're not going to, your business is not going to die from not having enough. Food right. is going to die from trying to shove it with too much food and do too many things. And so that's always been the thing that I come back to and ask the question, how can I keep things simple and how can I do yep. more of what's working?
1: I love that. I love that message because I think, you know, anybody that tries to juggle things, that it has to at least be connected, right? Like you said, like one business to serve the other one and, and different things. Uh, But I think staying focused of like what you're really trying to do and if other things are able to fall into place, you're able to have good leadership with it, then fantastic. But like keep the main thing, the main thing. I love that you said that. And I even remember back whenever I started Elite Business Advisors and I still had my painting company at the time and I was doing both of them side by side, which I look back on and I wouldn't have done it any differently because it gave us a lot of time to figure out how to structure and and monetize and do what we're doing now. Probably like when you guys started self-publishing school, right? How How do I do this? Right. How do I how do I figure this out um, in a way that adds value to, to others? And so I'm glad I did that. But I always think back on it. And it was like I really feel like, for lack of a better word, I was half assing two businesses for two years. Yeah. until I was able at the beginning of 2020 to say, okay, I'm flip-flopping and I'm going all in on the consulting business. Um, and painting is literally going to be a thing that I'll maybe think about on a Saturday if somebody calls me. Right. Mm, Um, and you know, and, and so ever since then, it's like, when you put all your focus on something, it's able to grow, you're able to better it and stuff. So, um, I I definitely agree with your advice on that. So, um, What's one book that you're reading right now? It can be your own. I, you know, I won't, I won't judge. But um, what's one book you're reading right now, or that you've recently read, that you would recommend to small business owners?
2: Mm, recommend to small business owners? Yeah, it can be any book. I mean, obviously, my published my new book. I would recommend that, but yeah. that's cheating, and that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I, I would say my go-to is—I mean, I read a good recent book. Um, it's called American Icon. It's about Alan Alan Mulally turning around Ford, which is very interesting and biography yeah. kind of. Uh, but I would say the one that I would point to is Extreme Ownership, um, by Jocko Willink or Willink. Um, and I mean, it is, it'll change the way that you lead and the way that you approach uh, your business. And core message, spoiler alert, um, it being that everything. Good or bad that happens in your business is your fault, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and you need to take ownership of it. And that that just rocked my world and helped me become a better leader. Um, I'm probably due for a reread, but that's a, a great yeah. book that I highly recommend for any entrepreneur.
1: I love it. I love it. You know, it's that is the curse and the blessing of being an entrepreneur, right? Like I always tell people, I'm like, if you want to, if you want to share in your success, go stand in front of the mirror, right?
2: If you hate <laughs>
1: what's going on go stand in front of the mirror, right? Like, yeah, people don't yeah. like to hear that. I don't know why people hate me, Chandler. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But, um, but it's true, right? Like, you know, we have to own it, whether it's good or whether it's bad. So mm-hmm. um, no, that's awesome. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking time to, to do this episode with us. It's been fun to reconnect with you. Um, how can people get a hold of you, you know, you guys at Self Publishing School, if they want to start down the path of writing a book?
2: Yeah, so the best place, there's probably the two best places to go. So number one, if you'd like a copy of the new book, so this new book is called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. There's a lot of concepts I talked about in this interview. Um, you can find them in this book. You can get this book on Amazon or the audiobook I narrate, highly recommend. Um, so you can find that on Audible. But if you'd like a free physical copy of the book, we created a link. Um, for this audience, so for Friends of Chris, it's published book, so publishedbook.com forward slash Chris, and the first 50 people that go to that link, um, you'll get a free physical copy of the book, no strings attached, so we'll we'll print it, pack it, ship it, everything um, for you, so that's the first and best, best place to go is publishedbook.com forward slash Chris, um, and then if you'd like to to chat with our team about your book and how we might be able to help uh, you can go to self school.com forward slash apply um, and awesome. book a call with our team and we can chat with you.
1: Perfect, man. I'll put both of those things in the show notes. I appreciate the offer to the listeners. Thanks for throwing that out there to them and stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll have a handful of people take you up on it because I've heard people talking about it and that's when I was like, I got to get Chandler on, the epi- on an episode with us. So, uh, well, hey, real quick before we get off the air, what's next football season look like at Clemson? Give me a prediction. Where are they
2: going? Oh, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I mean, I hope. I hope we're in the top five, top ten. We'll see. There's a lot of yep. uh, a lot of new faces. We've got Kate Clubnick coming in. Who he's a, yes. a local of uh, Austin. I mean, he actually yeah. he minutes down the road, I saw him play a high school game in the fall. But he, I think he's, I think he's sharp. I mean, in Davo, I trust. So that he'll Absolutely, we got a lot of holes to fill. Uh, so we'll see, man. The transfer portal. NIL, all that stuff is kind of flipping the lid on college football, and I don't think Debo is willing to to do all the shady stuff that a bunch of people are doing. And I think that's great. I think it's yep. fantastic, but like it or not, I mean, it's, it's, I think it puts us at a disadvantage, but he'll, uh, he'll, uh, he'll rally the truth. Well, I, I hope we, I'm not worried it. about I'll it. I'll be at games my, regardless.
1: <laughs> yep, that's my goal. I got that on my goal is to get out there for a game next year. I, uh, you I'm right going to say, man, ACC, we'll show you
2: some Southern hospitality. Uh, I would love Clemson. it. We'll have, a, we'll have a blast. You let me know.
1: We'll make it happen. I'll make that happen next fall. I, uh, I'm going to say, ACC champs and they'll finish the year top 10. They won't make the college playoff, but they'll finish okay. top 10. That's my prediction.
2: I, yeah, okay. I, I, I think you're probably, that anything above that would be overperforming. 100%, <laughs> I
1: agree. If, if, I think. That's the yeah. icing on the cake. I, yeah. I want to set the expectations right. So, uh, well, Chandler, hey man, thanks again for taking time to record this and we uh, wish you all the best and I will see you at a game in Clemson later this fall.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, Chris.